This is Multinew Media. Hi, Christopher. How are you today? I'm tired, Chase. How are you? I am beyond exhausted. I I don't know if I can take it anymore, Christopher, and, and I'm just I'm at the end of my rope. You know, it's kind of funny that we just happened to be talking about burnout today then. I mean, it's almost like it's a coincidence, like most of our conversations. It's really getting eerie and quite creepy. It is getting in, indeed quite creepy at times. It's almost like we're living the same life. Well, uh, well, you know, one of the things we do in our lives is the same. Um, would you say that it's the university, you know, kind of burning you out right now? Because I, I don't feel like they're the cul- they have been the culprit in the past. I won't lie, but I don't feel like they're the culprit right now. Actually, I've been lying the whole time. I'm not burnt out at all. I'm actually doing great. I actually have ended a long period of burnout. So I'm actually going to be the yin to your yang today because uh, if you had done this show about two months ago, I absolutely would have been talking about being burnt out. Now, I feel better than ever. My productivity is up. I'm doing great. I have conquered the burnout. You are in the promised land right now because – I keep thinking I'm going to get to that point and then my self, there's probably some word I put in between there. I end up adding more onto my workflow and I get into another project and I, I'm really, I guess, a glutton for punishment when it comes to productivity. And so I, I see where you're at and I'm, I'm going that direction, but I could use a little bit of help. And so I think that I think a lot of people can from time to time. I think that this is going to be one of the episodes that is not only relevant to people when we release it, but I have a feeling that people are going to come back and listen to this episode over and over and over again throughout the years because we all find ourselves in this point where we get professional burnout. And professional burnout is something that doesn't necessarily mean you're doing less of a good job. Sometimes people who are being praised for their productivity and their achievements and you know, I'm talking about the people that you know, are handed awards and getting all the pats on the back. They're the ones that get burnt out, too. You know, and I think it's a, a misnomer. Some people think, oh, I'm burnt out because my work isn't as good now or I'm burnt out. No, the burnout is the physical manifestation of the time you're spending working on things. And even though your results Maybe at a high level, it doesn't change the fact that emotionally, physically, mentally, you're just worn down. I, I love that you say that because it times in with something I was doing. For anybody listening to you say that, they probably heard me clicking fairly frantically behind the scenes. I was clicking and I was trying to bring a window up on the computer. Now, as a technical corporate trainer and, and somebody who teaches in that field and and someone who has a business technology podcast, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty confident that I know how to click a mouse button and bring a window up, right? But if you if you go back and you listen to it, you'll hear a couple of clicks. That's me clicking, trying to bring a window up. And I, I again, I'm not bringing my, my abilities into question. My brain is misfiring, is not wired correctly, and I'm having all of these symptoms of of exhaustion and poor performance, and I think that's a good place to start. Let's talk about what burnout does to someone. Let's talk through a couple of the items. So, Christopher, uh, on your mind, what's the what's the first thing you think of when somebody says they're burnt out? What type of symptoms would you be looking for to, to verify that they're burnt out? Usually, the first thing I'm looking for when someone's burnt out is they're feeling overwhelmed. 
maybe they're handling everything. They're getting everything done. All the boxes are being checked. Again, their work is fine. But they themselves are having that, where do I fit this in? How do I get this all done? You know, I feel like I, I'm just I'm running on empty. So I, I'm looking for that overwhelmed feeling. Uh, sometimes it, it's not just overwhelmed. Sometimes it's just almost a case of boredom. Ah, boredom. Where it, it, it's overwhelming that they have so much to do. But they're also just bored because the machine's working in such a frantic pace that they're on autopilot. And mentally, there's not enough change. There's not enough diversity. There's not enough difference from day to day to stimulate them. So they're bored. You know, they're doing the same exact motion, so to speak, every single day. And and they're they're getting it done. Again, they're performing at a high level, so to speak. But again, mentally, there's just nothing stimulating them because they got it handled. They got it covered. And tomorrow they'll do it again. Yeah, no, I, I I absolutely understand that. Now, I don't have the burnout right now. I've had, or excuse me, the boredom as a part of this burnout. I've had it before in other cases, but the overwhelmed is, is good. I'm not a person who tends to feel overwhelmed and I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed. It's like, am I juggling too much? How do all these pieces fit together? Did I bite off more than I can chew? When most days I'd be like, yeah, I got a lot going on. I'll get to it, <laughs> right? But I, I'm I'm stu- suffering with other things like and, and I think everybody can relate to this at one point or another in their professional life. Exhaustion, lack of motivation, even despite being overwhelmed, there are moments that I just go, eh, I don't want to do that. Now, one that that people can get and I don't have right now, maybe a little bit on the, the second item of this, but people have gone with um, workplace burnout and that can trigger full out depression. Or anxiety, even panic attacks. Now that's when it starts scaring me and why we want to talk about this and prevent it from getting to that point. Um, If I were to do a quick Google search and look at some of the other symptoms, it's kind of scary. And I did come a little bit prepared today because I had done that search and I was crossing off the ones that we talked about off the top of our head. But here's the list that I came up with through a number of sources. Health problems. And this can be anything from weight gain to weight loss to high blood pressure. Um, The chronic fatigue can evolve into other things. So we have health problems. People can have difficulty focusing. We can end up with memory issues. We can feel detached, not just from our employer or our work, but potentially from our friends and family, our, our social lives as well. We can end up, if we're in burnout, we can start being more negative than normal, more pessimistic than normal, and even downright cynical. We get an uncharacteristic, uh, an uncharacteristic, uh, excuse me, an uncharacteristically low performance, like me trying to say that word just now. So our performance, which may be normally at, let's call it 85%, and then we can push up or down as necessary, but we may be coasting at around 60% or 50% and in, in a really non-characteristic fashion. Not like how I changed that because of my own performance problem with speaking because of this burnout. I even changed the word. And that can lead me to the last symptom I found, ineffectiveness. The feeling that you're spinning your wheels, that nothing is, is there's no traction, there's nothing gaining ground. And I find, I don't know about you, Christopher, but I find all of these symptoms to be diverse. I don't always get them all in every bout of burnout, but I find them very troubling, especially when we talk about detachment and health problems and 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 sort of mental mental problems and anxiety. That, that quite honestly... Uh, you know, just 
I, there's no other way to say it. It scares me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I hesitate because I don't want everyone to get overly worried. Like, oh, I, I thought I was burnt out, but since I'm not having health problems, maybe I'm not burnt out. Right. You know, there, there's different levels of burnout. Obviously, at the the scariest point is when it manifests itself in health issues. Um, at that point, you need to take some serious action. Um, if, if for whatever reason your burnout is resulting in high blood pressure, is resulting in, you know, you not sleeping, uh, having, you know, any kind of issues like that. You need to take drastic action. But there's there's many levels of burnout. There's also just that burnout where just a few simple changes can go a long way. And, and even in the case of your health scares, change is what's necessary. Now, the question is what kind of changes are needed to avoid, prevent, or cure burnout. Yeah, and as we look at that, I want to interject something. Harvard Business Review, uh, in February 2018, so fairly recently, um, in February 2018, was was uh, publishing an article in, about stress where they say one in five highly engaged employees is at risk of burnout. We're talking 20% of highly engaged employees, and I'm going to guess, I'm going to go out on a limb here, that if you're someone who listens to this show, a business technology show, you're probably more likely to be a highly engaged employee than, say, some other folks who, you know, don't choose to engage in, in this type of topic in their free time. It's not that you're better. It's not that we're worse. But we tend to be the more highly engaged type of employee. And when, when to think at any moment, 20 percent of us are at risk of this. Um, we do want to start looking at some ways we can mitigate this. What if we are in burnout and need to get out of it? What if we feel like it's coming? What if we know we're going to generate it because we know the projects that have to be created, you know, over the or, or or the projects we have to work on over the next two, three, four, five months, whatever the case may be for you. How exactly to your point, Christopher, how do we start to work on this? What is a technique that you utilize when you start feeling overwhelmed or burnt out or that you're disengaging from um, from anything because of the stress level of work? Well, Number one, and, and this was a big thing for my own avoiding burnout, at some point you need to step back, look at the things you're doing, and recognize which of these things are beneficial to your business or your career and which things are really not making any difference at all. It's amazing sometimes how much time and effort people put into tasks and duties that if they le were left undone – would not make any difference. Absolutely. Nobody would even know for a lot of, especially if we are highly engaged people, someone may not know that you didn't do something, but you're holding yourself to a different standard based on your past performance. Now, there's nothing wrong with doing that. There's nothing wrong with any, there's nothing wrong with you for doing that when that happens to you, Christopher, or for anyone listening. But, um, you know, we do have to, and it sounds like if I understand correctly, and I'm going to, I'm going to parrot this back using different words. It sounds like you're saying your first step, you like to, um, I might call this perspective. You like to step back and analyze, get some perspective on the situation. You have to have perspective. You have to think about, again, what you're doing, you know, does this matter? How important is this? I remember, and, and I'm going to draw a, an unusual analogy here. I'm going to take it away from business, away from career for a minute. I'm going to take it to the home. There was a study done not too long ago with, you know, husbands and wives and sources of stress. And one of the sources of stress was things like 
household tasks not being completed in a timely manner. And these men and women, intelligent, you know, hardworking men and women, were putting themselves under a great deal of stress because of things like the bed wasn't getting made in the morning or the laundry was piling up a little too much. Things like that, these little tiny things. If the laundry doesn't get done for two days, the world doesn't end. No one comes and repossesses your, your, your washing machine for not using it for two days. Right. No one gets upset because not every single item of clothing in your home is clean and pressed. And that's why we own more than one shirt and one pair of pants, people. You know, things like that. The same holds true in, in business. Sometimes you put too much pressure on yourselves for tasks that, you know what, I didn't complete it on Monday. It waited till Tuesday. It didn't make a difference. Mm -hmm. No one gave you a cookie because you got it done Monday. You got it done Tuesday. So there's that. There, there's understanding the need to get things done. But there's also understanding the priorities of those things, the things that don't need necessarily to be done immediately. Take off those pressures. Take off those stresses. That helps prevent some of the burnout. When you when you go into this topic of prioritization and adding perspective into that, you really take me into somewhere I didn't plan on going into in this episode. And I, I really sympathize with that and, and I understand it rather. I shouldn't even sympathize with it. It is a part of me because, you know, there are days, sometimes a week or more, where clothes will go piled up. We my my wife and I joke we have our love seat we never use. We we use our couch and we use this chair that we have. But the love seat is pretty much always holding something, right? If it's not wash, it's a project we're working on. If it's not that, it's, you know, maybe we're changing seasonal decorations, you know, and then that type of stuff can add more stress on and cause more burnout. But we've just kind of become comfortable with it. That couch is not for sitting. It's the here's what I'm this is the visible sign of what I'm working on and what I'm struggling with. And it's nice because it's right in the center of our living room. And that way, everybody can see it and everybody can lend a little bit of a hand and kind of figure out what everyone else is working on. And you can say, oh, well, I've got three days worth of clothes there. Maybe I can step up a little bit and help the other person out. It's not like we intentionally set out to do this. And I'm not saying go convert one of your pieces of furniture into one of these areas. But we we do have to be comfortable in this fact of, you know, nobody's really holding us to the same type of standard that we are most of the time. Now, uh, sometimes, right, we, this is out of our control. Maybe we're getting the stress that's leading to burnout because we're being micromanaged. And so that feels like someone's putting more pressure on us. But at that point, isn't it true that they're just being more of an annoyance than anything? Now, I, I also sort of want to answer this question here before I go into a publication from Fast Company of, of some recommendations that they've provided. But for me, the number one thing Right. Instead of just stepping back and analyzing and getting perspective and prioritizing, I find I am incapable of doing those things unless I get myself, I think what most people would call centered. And I don't mean that from any type of new age or spiritual point of view. For me, I mean that I'm a very large guy. I'm a big guy. I've always been big my entire life. And I sit a lot because of those two things, the, the desire in me to get up and move to be active, to be physical, to exercise is crazy, right? I, I in no way could fit the stereotype of the big guy sitting on the couch playing video games left in Cheeto dust, right? Now, maybe that is you and that's fine. But for, for anybody out there, uh, I would say if all else fails, please at least give this a try. 
physical exertion. Yeah, and I don't mean to the point of exhaustion. Maybe this is just getting up and stretching. For me, I know I tend to have to leave the house. I need to get outside to do some of this, maybe get a change of scenery. If I am inside, go to a different place or a different building. But getting up, exercising, getting some blood flow, and getting something for my brain that's different. Taking a walk somewhere else I I otherwise wouldn't. Going to a different coffee shop. Going to a different place for lunch. Um, you know, calling out, uh, if, if you have the ability to call out from work one day and say, you know, instead of going to work this, this four hour block, I'm going to go to the park and I'm just going to take some, some mental health time or some, some PTO, anything to shake things up and get the blood flowing. I find I, I'm just that type of person. I can't get perspective and I can't prioritize. I, I mean, I'm sure I could, I'm not giving myself enough credit there, but I find it difficult to do those things if I don't change my scenery, change my mental um, environment, literally, and um, and get a little bit of blood flowing. I think you need that. And exercise is a great way to do that. I know some people are like, oh, great, another one of those exercise makes everything better kind of speeches. But it kind of does, people. It, it does. <laughs> Chemically in the brain, I mean, we can look at the research. I don't think anybody would dispute it at this point. I know, like you're saying, we roll our eyes at it like, oh, here we go again. I know I need to exercise. But please understand, uh, when we're talking about burnout, no one's getting, no one's telling you, hey, you should really go to the gym three or four times a, a week, because all that's going to do is lead to more burnout. By exercise, we at this point, I mean, what do you find fun? Is there a sport you like to play? Do you like to take walks? Do you like to maybe you like to challenge yourself and your friends to see who can do more push-ups? Anything to really shake it up and get the blood flowing, I, I think works. And so sometimes. Uh, you can jump straight to the perspective and prioritization. Other times, if you're like me, you've got to change your environment and get some blood flowing. And now, you know, I should mention, it's not just physical, because that's one thing I did. I'm definitely exercising more. But part of it is that whole taking the me time. And again, not, not getting all hippie here about me time, but <laughs> taking that time to do other things, remove yourself from the situation, especially for those of you that are feeling suffering from burnout because of a task that you're finding to be insurmountable or a problem that you're unable to find a solution for necessarily. Sometimes you need those fresh eyes. So you need to pull yourself away entirely. And sometimes the new stimulus you need isn't physical as much as it is mental. You know, go do something else. Many years ago, I was speaking with a very successful attorney and this was a person who, I mean, he was a skyrocket superstar, you know, taking on more and more and more work. And he realized that, you know, at some point he was going to burn himself out. So what he did was every Saturday for a period of, I believe, three months, the phone would go in the bag. He would get in his car. He would take a, a drive that lasted about 40 minutes and he would go to a music shop and he took harmonica lessons. I love it. He would sit there and he learned how to play the harmonica and he would – the lesson would be about an hour. He would have a one-hour lesson and then he would spend about another hour in one of their little rehearsal rooms working on his harmonica playing. Then he would get back in his car and drive the four minutes and his four-hour mini vacation for him, he, when he would drive out there, he would not be you know, on the phone, not work. He's driving out there, relaxing, enjoying he, – he actually told me how he would drive – not using the highway, he took a more scenic route so he could just kind of enjoy what was around him. He would get there 
again, take his harmonica lesson, focusing his energies and his thoughts on harmonica, do his rehearsal time. Then he would get in the car and drive back. And just that little break was enough to refresh him to where whatever he had to take on next, he was ready for it. Because it was a total 100% removal physically, mentally, from everything that he had going on. He was in a different place entirely. And sometimes that's what you need. So maybe it's, you know, it could be for so many things. It could be music. It could be art. It could be, you know, go, go to an art gallery and just stare at paintings and do nothing for an hour or two. Go to a movie. You know, I know so many people get lost in movies. Get lost in a movie. But do something. Remove yourself from the situation. And that's a big part of it is that unplugging, which is so difficult, especially for the entrepreneurs that we have listening. Yeah, because, like, again, your business is your life. Your life is your business. There's that fear that if you unplug even for two hours, you're going to be ruining things. But I'm here to tell you, if you unplug for two hours, the world keeps turning. The sun comes up tomorrow. Your customers are not going to abandon you. Right. And, and you learn over time to realize whether you are self-employed, entrepreneurial or as, as an employee for even the biggest and most faceless of conglomerates, whatever the case is. You learn over time to to understand when you're getting either, you know, you're no longer getting increasing returns. You're, you're Most of the time, being blunt here, we get diminishing returns from our work the longer we work. We know this. It's empirically proven. But when we hit burnout, those negative returns start happening a lot faster in our workday. They happen faster in the work week. They just they can literally start popping up where otherwise you wouldn't expect them of getting negative returns, being counterproductive um, in most cases. And you start to realize that you start to feel that that mentioning of spinning the wheels or being less effective or making a lot of mistakes in your work. And sometimes it is as simple as an hour, two hours, four hours away and coming back. Sometimes you have to take a true mini vacation or a real vacation and come back and I, I, as you do this, as you get more comfortable trying these techniques, as you get more comfortable working with your burnout, I, I know for myself, I not only can recognize, like we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, I can recognize when I'm burned out um, or burnt out, but I can also start trying to preempt it, if that makes sense. I'll shorten my working hours a little bit, change the pace up, and if that doesn't work, I'll keep escalating to the next possible solution. So I, I do want to backtrack for just a moment. I'm going to bring up something that um, Jason Demers wrote for Inc. Um, at Inc.com, a leading business pub uh, publication, or at least a fairly popular one. And and the article is addressing uh, that he wrote. It's called 10 Signs You're Headed for Burnout. Now, I'm not going to discuss all 10 of these, but I want to give you a quick li uh, list. And I'll put this in the show notes. I want to give a quick list of the types of things that Jason is saying lead to burnout because it's not always about organizational stress. You may be experiencing uh, burnout from being a highly engaged employee. You could be having some suffering in business and being burnt out because of other instances. So here's a portion of Jason's list. He talks about work-life balance problems, simply working too much, even if the work isn't challenging. Or taking too much time off. We know how taking too much time off can lead to work issues. But, you know, we're not talking about those of us who need to take a couple hours here or there or a couple of days here or there. Like Christopher said, the sun comes up tomorrow. Your customers won't abandon you. They may. And I've had this happen. True story. Uh, I'm not going to tell the stories about it, but but absolute no no parable here. Real stories. 
I have had customers respect me more. I've had clients and partners respect me more, all three of those situations, because of taking the time. Uh, Jason also mentions having a lack of resources, training, or support in the organization. Uh, I, I do caution against training as a professional educator. Christopher, how do you feel about this? I think a lot of people are down on themselves and they always we always feel like we need to learn more. We always feel like we don't know enough. So if the organization isn't providing the correct training or if you're if it's not accessible for some reason outside of the organization's control, this can be a problem. But I do want to caution people here to feel like just because you feel you don't know enough doesn't mean that's true. So I want to caution people against that leading to burnout. What are your thoughts? I think you have to First of all, bring yourself back to why you do what you do in the first place. And this is weird because so many people, when they think about burnout, they talk about moving away from your work, stepping away, taking a break, you know. But in this case, I'm going to talk about focusing more on your work in a sense, not necessarily the hours that you're pouring in, but remembering why you do what it is you do in the first place, Mm -hmm. your original drive your original passion for what you do. Again, I have said this many times. If you don't have a passion and you don't enjoy what you're doing, you will not be successful. Right, and you've got to find somewhere else that you can be passionate about. Now, don't immediately leave your job, right? But but create an exit strategy to find something and move into it. You Obviously, you have to pay your bills. Yes. You have to pay your bills. There is a financial consideration. But at the end of the day, the majority of people I believe that are listening to our broadcasts and whatnot are people that have a love for what they do. They're entrepreneurs, they're business owners, they're career-driven people. Well, find that passion again that you do what you do. And sometimes that's what's necessary. Sometimes you lose sight of your passion and it's things like, oh, I'm not good enough anymore or you know, my job has become mundane to me. Well, look for that original passion, that original motivator. Because sometimes to avoid burnout, it's not a matter of stepping away from it. It's a matter of stepping into it Mm -hmm. and finding, you know what, this is what I love about it. Because when you reignite the passion and you reignite the desire to do more and create more, sometimes you end up, so to speak, working through the burnout. And I know I got to be careful with that phrase. Yeah. Because a lot of people will say, Work through the burnout. No, that leads to more burnout. <laughs> right. It's not about working harder to get through the burnout. It's about working smarter and it's about remembering why you're doing it in the first place as opposed to just looking at it as another task to complete. Well, a gentleman we both work with who's named Kirk, he um, he told me something similar one day. He said he, he looked at me straight in the face and he says, Chase, you know, we've got to get you to work less so that you can do more. And um, I, I love that. It wasn't that I wasn't doing enough. It was the idea of we know you want to achieve more. So how do you get there? If you're already saddled down with a full-time work schedule and you're you're doing extra hours and this, that, and the other, how do you logically take that next step? And that was his his answer. And he just said, do less to accomplish more. And it takes a lot of mental processing to wrap your head around that and figure out well, how can I do less? What do I have to do? What do I not have to do? What should I What should I not do? What should I put off? What should I hand off to other people? It takes a lot of work, but even at Jason at, at Inc. Magazine agrees with us. He, you know, he says that very same thing of if you don't have work that you find to be meaningful, if you're not passionate about it, if there are stressful workplace dynamics. I experienced that one recently that led to some burnout um, 
just a client I, I honestly needed to fire and I chose not to and finished the project, but it created a lot of burnout. Um, and then back in episode 96, I talked about one that Jason is mentioning here, um, type A personalities and perfectionism. You know, that wasn't the purpose of episode 96. It kind of devolved into it. But all of these things can really lead into burnout. It's, 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 it is, listen, it is a sticky situation and everybody needs to really analyze. I, I like your idea, Christopher, of being able to add perspective to it. I know my solution, like I said, is I've got to get my blood plump pumping and I mean literally on that. But what about a long-term cure? Is there a long-term cure to burnout or are we always going to be faced with this from time to time? Is this almost like, you know, we're, we're recovering, you know, maybe we, um, Maybe we get um, type 2 diabetes and so we lower, lower our blood sugar and we, we eat certain ways and we can, for some of us, right, we can cure that and other times it's incurable. Is this like that? Is burnout like that? Is it is it a disease or is it a temporary um, affliction or, or how should we think of it? I think burnout is a situation where you can conquer it uh, and you can attempt to keep it from coming back. I, I do believe you can cure it. I do believe that there are people who suffer from burnout and once they figure out where it came from and what they needed to do to avoid it, they avoided it the rest of their lives and it didn't creep back in. Um, I think with so many things, if you want a temporary fix, you can find a temporary fix. Uh, and, and this could open up a whole nother can of worms, but let's talk about the vacation thing for a minute. Sure. Vacations for many people are a temporary solution to burnout. They work hard all year. They get burnt out. They go on vacation for a week. They come back. They pound at it again until they're burnt out again. Then they take another vacation. Then they're not burnt out. Then they go back to it again. And it just repeats in a cycle. And I think, unfortunately, for a lot of people, that's the cycle they're stuck in. The vacation is the only time they solve the burnout, but they don't really solve it long term. Mm -hmm. It's build up the burnout, burnout, vacation, build up the burnout, burnout, vacation. That's a case where you're temporarily stopping the burnout. That's the equivalent of, you know, we're not curing it. We're just treating it until it comes back again next year. It's almost like allergies. Here come your allergies, your seasonal allergies. Okay, you're getting them. Okay, take the pills. Season's over, you stop taking the pills, till the next season comes, you get the allergies again, you take the pills again. That's vacation trying to solve the burnout. Solving the burnout is the lifestyle change. If you recognize, okay, I cannot work at this pace without suffering burnout, and you don't ever work that pace again, or you maintain a healthy regimen of exercise, or art, or music, or going to movies, and diversifying yourself, unplugging at regular intervals, making that a part of your lifestyle. So it's not something you're doing because of burnout. It's just something you do in your life. I think you can permanently eliminate burnout. I, I agree with that. I, I think it's part of that. And, and I'm one of those people that I didn't take vacations for years and years and years at a time. Uh, sometimes and I still don't take them fairly frequently because it's hard to get my schedule lined up with my wife's schedule and, and other family. And so I don't, I'm not routine on vacations. That led me to that understanding of what you're talking about when I did 
take an actual real vacation with with not just my, you know, nuclear family that my wife and I have, but we had some extended family there. Um, and and it, it led me to this idea of, um, believe it or not, it was a little bit of a working vacation. I still had to log in and do a couple of things. And I thought, well, why is it that I'm actually I was sitting down and enjoying that I was enjoying my work more. And I thought, why? What's going on? And I felt on top of things. I felt like I knew what was going on. I felt and I think it's um, somewhere we have to get to. I mean, a lot of people move to where we live, Christopher. They move to Central Florida and they say, oh, this is going to be wonderful. I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to go to the theme parks. I'm going to go shopping at all the the outdoor shopping malls. I'm going to do all of this wonderful stuff, concerts. And then they live here for a few years and it becomes just as burdensome, if not more burdensome than other places. And, and it's this idea of you've got to break free of it. You have to have a balance between several different things, your personal life, your professional life, your hobbies, because we all get stuck in it. When we have that imbalance, wow, it just it starts to, to degrade everything. Now, I'm using that as a little bit of a lead in to the last article I want to cite. Brian Collins over at Fast Company, and you know I'm not one to really cite a lot of articles, but I think when we're talking about burnout, when we're talking about any of these things that affect us deeply, we ought to be a little bit more open than we normally are to interacting with other people, to getting help when we need help, to talking it out with other people who will understand and give us meaningful insight. And so in some of my research into my own burnout, I found Brian Collins and I haven't spoken with him, but I found an article that he posted over at Fast Company and I absolutely love the four-step process. He doesn't mean it to be that way, but the four-step process that he posts on how to cure burnout. And listen to this, Christopher. I want to talk about this as we conclude today. The first thing that Brian says is really about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. He says, you know what? You need to be selfish and and really implement self-actualization from the hierarchy of needs. Now, that's a little bit of a slant because self-actualization does not imply selfishness. This is um, the author saying we need to blend those two. And the idea here, he's saying you've got to put yourself first, like you said, to prioritize. Put yourself first. Your work comes before the work of the people you're supporting, right? Your work that you're trying to do that you have to do, maybe you're burnt out because you're supporting other people's work or you're having to do other people's work or that you're being micromanaged, understand that the thing you are there to do, the thing you are trying to do, whether it's your professional life, personal life, hobby, whatever, that has to come first. You have the the, the age old analogy for this. Isn't it always said that you've got to put your oxygen mask on first before you can help anyone else? Right. And so I love that he starts there. Um, Christopher, how do you feel? I loved the fact of blending self-actualization with selfishness. I was torn about it at first. Is that something that resonates with you or is it just kind of like, yeah, okay. You know, again, it's perspective. And I think that that's one perspective that you can take on burnout. And and I almost feel like we need to throw, throw this caveat out there that, Again, you have to find what works for you. And, you know, I agree with Maslow, the hierarchy of needs and whatnot. But again, it's also why we work in the first place, right? Hierarchy of needs, food, shelter. Food, That's why shelter, clothing. Yep. Basically. You know, to make money to do those things. So, um, again, it's a, it's a unique perspective. I think ultimately what you have to do is you have to find what works for you in terms of getting your mojo back. And hopefully, you recognize burnout early on. You recognize it when it hasn't manifested itself 
physically yet. Because that's where the danger zone is. It's one thing to have mental exhaustion, boredom, so to speak, uh, a feeling of being overwhelmed. When it starts manifesting itself physically, that's where it's very dangerous. So hopefully, if nothing else, people will at least recognize when they're on the road to burnout and can find some methods, some steps to pull themselves away from it before it overly manifests itself physically in them. Yeah, that is really good call. And that's that's what I'm personally trying to do now. I notice a couple of physical manifestations and that's the part that scared me earlier. But you know what? You can you can always win this battle. Sometimes you have to seek help, but you can always win this battle with burnout. And the the last three things that Brian ends this article with that I'll put in the show notes is he talks about taming the monkey, which, of course, is clever speak for meditation. And he describes that at length. Um, purging the toxins is how he calls exercise. And I think because he's definitely trying to relate the fact that with proper exercise and proper nutrition, you you really are eliminating heavy metals and toxins within your body in a non new agey type of way, a purely scientific straight up way of saying you're putting your your body's organs in an easier operating condition. You're making it easier for them to do their job and that can reduce stress um, and, and increase your ability to cope with stress. And then finally, he says, review the battlefield, which I'm going to translate that for you. He puts all these things in clever little ways, but that basically talks about mindfulness more in the sense that a lot of business people in the in the modern world like mindfulness and meditation and all of that. Uh, it's kind of what you describe as as analyzing the situation and getting perspective and prioritizing. It doesn't mean some spiritual <laughs> retreat that you have to go on, although it could if that works for you. But um but yeah, this this four step process of of be a little selfish, but work toward self actualization without harming others, meditate, exercise, whatever those two things mean for you, and then reflect, you know, reflect upon the situation and really think it through and uh, ruminate on it. If you have to sleep on it for a couple of nights, do that. If you have to take a vacation, take a vacation. But I, I, I love that process because it, it, it mirrors exactly what I try to do. It sounds like it mirrors what you try to do. And for anyone out there who, again, if you're fitting into that category right now where you're listening to this episode for the first time or you're coming back to it, you know, several times and really trying to grapple with this and really trying to get control of your burnout, then, you know, welcome back to it. But let's let's just do it. Let's follow these things step by step. We're not psychologists. We're not psychiatrists. We're not doctors, but we're people who share the same problem that we all have of sometimes becoming too engaged, losing our work-life balance, and all of these things happen. They're a natural result of that ha- uh, of those occurrences, but 100%. I know I'm going to pull through this. Christopher, in the past, you've never had any doubt. You'll pull through burnout and become highly effective again, right? Yes, and I should point out, you know, a, another great way to prevent burnout is to stop doing everything and listen to more episodes here on multinewmedia.com. <laughs> we have to have, of course, one shameless plug every episode at a minimum. That will be ours for this for this episode. Um, but it, but again, I, as a part of that plug, no joke. If you are prone to burnout, um, you know we're we're not licensed. Uh, like I mentioned before, we we are just business people and educators, but. You may want to bookmark this episode if you know it particularly pertains to you. Save it in your favorites in your in your podcast player or something like that. Come back to it when you need us. And then, um, you know, the, the comment section on the page is there. We can talk about this more using the comments on on our page. This is something that that truly, I believe, impacts every business person at multiple times in their life.
Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, take care.